0: Many wonder if the prophecies pertaining the end-time relationship between the United States and Israel has changed now that Joseph R. Biden is president. And, you know, what about Russia, Europe, Turkey, Iran, and China, and the world government in the end-time? A lot of people are watching what's going on and say, Hey, has the prophecies changed? How does it all end? Well, we will analyze these topics on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I'm watching the news just like you are. I'm concerned just like you are. There's people beating the, the war drums. World War Three, And I know that World War III is coming. I don't want it to come, but I know it is according to the prophecies of the Bible, Revelation nine, verse 13 through 15, prophesies about a World War II. I'm also watching world government, world religion, precursors to the mark of the beast, the peace agreement that the Bible says that will come that will start the final seven years. We're not there yet. I know some are teaching we're in the final seven years, but we are not. That peace agreement has not been signed yet. And then it, bring, and then of course this World War III scenario. So Revelation nine verse thirteen through fifteen states, and I'm going by the New King James Version here. Then the sixth angel sounded. and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for an hour a day and a month and a year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now, I have a family just like you do. And I'm concerned about this just like you are. But many people see what's going on in the world and they wonder, will World War Three alter the course of Bible prophecy? No, it will not. These prophecies will come to pass just like the Bible says they will. But, the the world war the prophecy of the world war 3 that and the peace agreement are the next two things to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline yes we are watching the ongoing fulfillment of a world government we are watching the ongoing fulfillment of a world religion and and a global numbering economic sanctioning system being established that will lead to the mark of the beast those are ongoing prophecies but there are coming some once and done prophecies and this world war 3 is one of them now, we're going to get off into the end time scenario as we go today because I want you to understand how this thing ends. But you are watching the news. I mean, the Financial Tribune, they published an article titled, In Some Sense, World War III Has Already Started. Now, in their opinion, and this is a, the first Iranian English economic daily uh, periodical. They say, in some sense, World War III has already begun. This is Rubini, And he said that it started in Ukraine because this conflict has border implications that go well beyond Russia and Ukraine. It's the beginning of something else. So he's trying to t- turn this big global scenario into what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. And I'm watching this very closely now. It says, the article says, speaking in Yahoo Finance's editor in chief on Monday, Rabini highlighted geopolitical threats and what he calls a new Cold War that has emerged between the U.S. and China, as well as between the West and revisionist powers, including Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and Pakistan. Now, when they say Iran, well, of course, my ears perk up, right? Because of the prophecy that the World War III will emanate from the Euphrates River region. And, of course, Iran is one of the nations that houses the Euphrates River. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. The article goes on to say they're essentially challenging that these uh, countries, uh, Russia, um, China, Iran, and, and a few different nations, he says, and I want you to listen closely to this, that they are essentially, essentially challenging the economic, social, and geopolitical order that the United States, Europe, and the West created after World War II. What are they talking about? They're talking about the liberal international order, the new world order, the current system of world government that was established in 1945, the United Nations and all the different entities that go along with that They're saying that these nations are challenging that new world order, that liberal international order, and that that is why there is so much conflict in the world today. Well, if you think about it, the Bible says there's coming a World War III, and the leaders of the current establishment of a world government are not going to allow anybody else to threaten that. And so they're willing to have a World War III in order to get this in place. They had a World War I. The answer was League of Nations. World War II, the United Nations. And now there are people threatening this liberal international order. And guess what the Bible says is coming? World War III. Uh, The 1945 news organization, they published an article, Will Israel Attack Before Iran Gets Nuclear Weapons? And, of course, this is something we all need to be watching for because Iran is the number one state st- sponsor of terrorism on the planet. It's not Russia. It's not China. It is Iran. The article states, On the morning of June 5, 1967, Israeli pilots struck Egyptian air bases. By the end of the day, they had destroyed almost all of Egypt's air force, about half of Syria's, and all of Jordan's. And this, this you remember, remember, this is back in 1967, and that preemptive attack came years af- of, um, after years of rising tensions between Israel and its Arab neighbors, who wish nothing less than to destroy Israel. Well, now we're looking at Iran, who wants to destroy Israel and drive her off into the sea. Well, if you remember back then, um, Gamal Abdel Nasser he was president of Egypt, and the face of the Arab resistance against Israel, he was frequently promising to destroy Israel in the name of um, Palestinian liberation. And back in 1965, after many anti-Israel declarations, he explicitly stated, we aim at the destruction of the state of Israel. And of course, Israel said, "Ah, that's not going to happen. And when they decided, they heard they were going to invade Israel... They went and annihilated pretty much all of their Air Force and Jordan and some of the other countries coming in. And, of course, the 67 war only lasted six days. One of the main reasons was the preemptive strike by Israel. And now many believe Israel is going to strike Iran
1: before they get a
0: nuclear weapon. We'll have to see how all that plays out.
1: Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com future or call 800 endtime. That's 800-363-8463.
2: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
1: What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the NWH television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit endtime.com/events for more information.
0: I have a quick announcement before I get back into this uh, program here. And I, I, this weekend, my wife and I will be at the Cornerstone Pentecostal Church. 24135 Greenway Road in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Uh, Saturday, this will be October 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy. And then Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'll be teaching Breaking Prophecy News and we'll have a time of Q&A and it'll be great. We've been having great conferences, a lot of, of really good turnout. And so we're very thankful for that. Looking forward to, I've already had a lot of people tell me they're going to meet me in uh, Forest Lake, Minnesota this weekend. So, looking forward to be back up in the north. I've never been uh, to Forest Lake, Minnesota. I wish I was going to fish and do a prophecy conference, but I don't think we'll have time for that this weekend. But uh, maybe sometime in the future. I know Minnesota is a killer fishing spot. So. But, um, so, anyway, looking forward to seeing you guys up there this weekend and, and having a great conference. Now... Back in 1967, the Six Days War, it has been, what has it been, 55 years since that fateful war ensured Israel's protection from its enemies and established it as an important uh, geopolit- geopolitical factor in the region, really. I mean, but sadly, though, the threats to Israel have not ceased. I mean, they feel threatened from basically everybody around the world, just about even though they seem to have some allies, of course the United States, but maybe Europe and some of the others, but still the international community is pretty much anti-Israel. And, but some of the threats have only, they've shifted with Iran replacing Egypt's Nash, Nasser and, um, and Egypt as Israel's greatest rival. And Iran's enmity towards Israel is based primarily on Religious fundamentalism, and yes, there is some geopolitics, but really it's a religious thing with Iran, why they want to just annihilate israel, and given that a preemptive Israeli strike to prevent a nuclear war or a I should say a nuclear Iran is probable, Israel and states with shared interests should prepare for a a strong Iranian retaliation, right? And the world must also brace itself for an eruption of conflict in the Middle East and that shatter belt there, a conflict that will involve many states and draw in the great powers. Again, I've said it many times, but just like we are an ally of Israel, Russia and China are allies of Iran. So you can only imagine a preemptive strike on Iran's nuclear Aspirations today, how that would lead to it could lead to a World War III tomorrow morning, folks. I mean, it's like the parts of the planet are just a tinderbox, and there are many people, all it takes is a spark for that thing to go up. And there are many, many articles that are saying the potential for World War III is the greatest that it has ever been up to this point. And we know that a World War III scenario is coming. Now, one more that I wanted to go over. The um, geopolitics, the news source, are we on a path to nuclear Armageddon? Now, these are the titles of some of the articles that I'm running across now. Are we on a path to nuclear Armageddon? And they're talking about, obviously, security. But the article states, and I'm just giving you a few excerpts from these. These articles are giant. But the article states, even as the war rages in Ukraine, humanity will may still re, um, repose faith in their leaders that the world may not face a nuclear Armageddon or World War III may not take place. But I can tell you, scripturally, there is coming an Armageddon. Now, a lot of people say that they're saying that World War III and Armageddon is the same thing. They're not. They A lot of people believe World War III will destroy the entire world. It's not going to. The Bible tells us clearly it's going to kill one-third of the world's population. Again, I talked I the other day on what is the end time, the end of this age. There's another 1,000-year millennial reign where mortal individuals will live into that. And so there will be two-thirds of the, world, the world's population left over after World War III and there is coming a battle of armageddon but that will be lo- that will not be global that will be localized right there in Israel and so i just want to make sure you guys understand what's coming in the near future according to bible prophecy these prophecies will come to pass it's irrelevant who is in office what the person's name is what they're doing i mean things can you understand that when we're talking about geopolitical situations around the world those things can change on a dime. I mean, things could completely change tomorrow morning. So that's why I always look to the prophecies given in Scripture because those things will never change. They're going to happen. I don't even pray for World War III not to happen. The Bible says it's going to happen. There's no sense in me praying for it not to happen. My only prayer is, is that can I, I can reach as many people with the gospel of the kingdom of God prior to that event happening because it's going to happen. Now, uh, one other thing I wanted to share with you here that I found in the news, they say that the Russia-Ukraine conflict reveals the current world government is powerless in its ability to prevent war, the very reason most nations signed that charter. So you understand there's, different th- there's a lot of different scenarios going on here, The ways to look at this. The United Nations, the, the seat of world government, the world, current world government, this liberal international order, they're realizing that, hey, we're basically uh, just a paper tiger. We are powerless to prevent war, and we can't dictate the way we want to, dictate the nations of the world. They're powerless. They understand that especially because of the U.N. Security Council veto power. Russia can do anything they want because they can veto a U.N. Security Council resolution against them, which is what they've been doing. Also, like I said, is that the current world government sees threats from different nations against them. Russia, China, Iran, and some of these different threats against this liberal international order. And it appears that they're willing to go to another big war to keep that from happening. Because the answer to a world war has always been bigger and uh, more powerful world government, right? Well, many are now claiming that it is the lack of a true world government that forces nations to go to war to settle conflicts. Because, remember, the United Nations, they were sold to us as, hey, we need, some, we need an entity where people can go and talk out their differences rather than going to war. And so, hence, the United Nations. The problem is, it has been ineffective at stopping war. I mean, look at all the conflicts and skirmishes and wars there have been since 1945. And there have been millions of people killed in wars since then. Now... It, it, the, um, there's a, another one, another uh, news source called Effective Altruistic The Forum. How likely will is World War III? Well, the author states, I think the primary consideration would simply be that we still live in a world of autonomous nation states, i.e. the United States, that uh, acting and competing in the absence of a world government. So there it is again. Many people believe That because we don't have a fully functioning, dictatorial world governing body, we have war. And so they're pushing this mindset right now. The Middle East Monitor said that they claimed, hey, there's going to be no World War III. Well, we know that's not true. I just read it to you in Revelation 9, verse 13 through 15. But they actually say the lack of a strong world government leads to the states pursuing their interests through power struggle or war conflict, so yes, there and, and so that's there's many ways looking at this, but there's going to be a world war now. The question to my, uh, the answer to my original question: Yes, there will be an end time world government. Regardless, I it, if you know a lot of people say, well, Joe Biden's in there and. Uh, he's, you know, the end time scenario you guys have laid out where the United States is not going to be part of that for a long time. That's still going to happen. I know that the situation looks bleak with Joe Biden in there. I have zero confidence in a Joe Biden. He's a globalist. He believes in a world government, and he's pushing us into a world government as fast as he can. You say, well, hey, that, uh, that means the prophecy is not going to happen. No, it does not mean that the prophecies are going to play out just like the Bible says they will. Every time. They're never going to miss. They never have missed and they never will miss. You can bank your eternal salvation on the Word of God. So I know these prophecies are going to come to pass. So how's this this end-time scenario going to play out? There will be an end-time world government. No, the United States will not be a participant at least fully engaged in that world governing body. And yes, regardless of who's in the White House or who's over Russia or who's leading Europe and or is over Israel, the United States will stand with Israel throughout the end time. A lot of people are scared. Hey, the United States is going to be wiped off the face of the map. No, we're not. We're simply not going to. We're going to stand with and protect Israel all the way until the end. Now, I can't answer for every question on the planet. I have people call me all the time or email me and say, what about, what about New Zealand? What about Australia? What about, uh, you know, the Philippines? I can't answer for every question, for every country on the planet, but I can answer for some of them that I know will be there all the way to the end. Now, something I wanted to cover here, because it is on a lot of people's minds, Some would say, well, hey, and I've heard this statement many times. I have friends of mine that make this statement. They would say, well, we're not really concerned about this because the church is gone, and why should I even care, right? Hey, I heard a guy who a lot of people follow in Israel the other day. He said, well, there is going to be a third temple, but the church will be gone before that ever happens, and that's going to be the Jews, and so, folks... There, I know a lot of you, maybe some of you that watch this program, still believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Okay, you're going to have to get over that hump. There, there are many ways to prove the church will still be here during the years leading up to the second coming. And we, you say, well, what are we supposed to be doing? We, the church should be in full evangelism mode. Okay, there, we have a we have a commission from God to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, then the end will come. Matthew 24. So for me, and a lot of people get hung up on that. The church isn't going to be here. We're going to be gone. Okay, Uh, you know, I mean, we talked about the pre-post-trib thing for years. I'm not going to go way down that road, but just for this scenario here that I'm laying out, it's really pretty simple. If you can get the revelation that the rapture is, is part of the second coming of Jesus, then you got it. Look at, look at the, the way Revelation 19, that chapter plays out. If you start in Revelation 19, 7, the rapture of the church or the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife have made herself ready. The rapture occurs over there in Revelation 19, that, that um, part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. It happens over there. Now, it happens more than once in there because the story is told over and over and over throughout the book of Revelation. But in that account, it happens, Revelation 19, 7. The marriage of the Lamb, the rapture, the marriage of the Lamb has come, the the bride hath made herself ready. The wife. Verse, then, that's 7. Then in verse 9, Revelation nineteen nine, Blessed are those which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So you have the rapture, the are gathering together. The Lord comes in the clouds... Send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather the elect. We're gathered to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. That's verse 9. In verse 11, now I saw a heaven open and behold a white horse. And then in verse 17 through 19, I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourself "...together for the supper of the great God, that you might eat the flesh of kings, captains, and mighty men, the flesh of horses and those that sit upon them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, small and great." This is the battle of Armageddon. Uh, Verse 19 says, "...and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sits on the horse and against his army." That's the church. Some people would say, well, right there he's coming back with the saints, so the rapture's already happened. The rapture did already happen, but it did not happen seven years prior to that. It happened. We had the rapture where everybody's gathered to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. Then we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. There is not one verse in the Bible that says that there's a seven-year period in between that. I know a lot of people like to go back to a... Jewish wedding back in the old days and try to prove a pre-tribulation rapture but in no way shape or form does a an old testament or old uh, Jewish wedding prove a pre-tribulation rapture there's no scriptures in the Bible for that so you gotta get you gotta get over the hump and believe in a post tribulation rapture read Revelation 19 it gives a chronological account of what happens And then you can get your mind set on evangelism. And you can understand the end time scenario. At the end of Revelation 19, that's the battle of Armageddon. The rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the second coming are all one continuous event. There are no seven year gaps. And the church will be here and we should be preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God globally. That's what we're going to be doing in the end time. in this end-time scenario? What about Russia and Israel and the United States? Well, I mean, we talked about them earlier, but what about these nations in the end-time scenario? Israel and Jordan and the United States will not comply with the edicts of the Antichrist world governing system in the end time. So, and I also said there's going to be a world government, right? Well, global elites have been for years... I should, I should, actually, decades working assiduously to create a world governing body, and it's found Revelation thirteen one through two, and the goal of this these efforts is a global governing system so all inclusive and minutely detailed it's going to control every aspect of every person's life on the planet, except for those nations that the Bible says that it won't. The Antichrist will not squish everybody on the planet like a bug a bug. He simply will not. The intention of this world government is going to be eventually regulate all individual production and consumption patterns, which is what they're trying to do right now through the Sustainable Development Goals, and with the ultimate objective of thought manipulation resulting in absolute obeisance and allegiance. The Bible says everyone whose name is not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life will worship this entity again Not in every nation on the planet, though. The Bible says the Antichrist will fight wars all the way to the end. Now, the outcomes of these efforts towards a world government is the formation of international institutions specifically designed to govern the world. It's the World Health Organization, the World Bank, okay? So some of these, are, they're very um, recognizable organizations, such like the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, the International Criminal Court, uh, World Bank, World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, uh, just to name a few. They're, they're um, tied in with this world governing body. Now, when we talk about this um, new world order, this world governing scenario, after World War II, and one of the articles I just referred to earlier said that, hey, World War III, uh, the, the, these nations are threatening the liberal international order that was created after World War II. Well, what are they referring to? Well, after World War II, the United States led the efforts to create this new world order. And for, what has it been, for the last uh, seven-plus decades now, that has been one of, we, we, the United States, have been one of the principal drivers. Every administration since the founding of the United Nations, whether Republican or Democrat, has fully supported the New World Order, uh, up until uh, Donald Trump. And because they wielded so much power, international power, along with the, the four victors... Uh, four victor nations of, the, of World War III, which were, um, all five of them were China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. We are one of the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. And we have veto power over any Security Council resolution. Now, currently the United States is intricately involved in the establishment of this world governing system. And over the last what, I don't know, 70, what's it been, 77 years now or something like that? The world has looked to America for leadership in the implementation of this new world order. Well, until recently, we've been the leader of not just the United Nations or NATO, but of all the multilateral institutions designed to govern the world. However, Bible prophecy foretells a completely different political atmosphere in the end time, whether it's a President Obama whether it's a President Trump or a President Biden or somebody else. We are going to pull out of that. Now, according to the prophecies, there will be a world government established just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. But again, the United States will not be in full compliance with their agenda. And, you know, because I know they're trying to push socialism here and they're trying to push a central bank digital currency and, Uh, different things that could get us caught up into this international system. But we will stand against that with Israel all the way throughout the end. How do I know that? Well, let's look at the prophesied world government first. I've said this many times, but you'll probably hear it many more because you need to understand a lot of people I've talked to, they don't have a clue about the world government. I say world government, they're like, well, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, the Bible prophesies about a world governing body. I've talked to a lot of people. They don't have a clue. I taught taught a Bible study years ago to a lady who worked at the United Nations. She didn't know about that it was the seat of world government in the earth. I knew a lady that I had a lady come to my conference, one of my conferences, first part of the year. She worked at the Pentagon and didn't understand a lot of this stuff about the United Nations and what they really were designed to be. Now, it was, what, uh, 650 years before uh, John wrote the book of Revelation, the prophet Daniel was given a vision of four beasts that represented king, uh, kingdoms or nations that would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. These four beasts described in Daniel 7, 4-7, through 7, and the modern nations they symbolize are a lion with eagle's wings, that's the modern-day nations of Great Britain and the United States, the eagle's wings, the United States. The um, eagle was plucked out of the the lion. The lion, Great Britain, and our mother country, Great Britain. So a the, um, the next beast, a bear, Russia. The four-headed leopard, Germany. The ten-horned beast in Daniel 7 is symbolic of the uh, reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. It, uh, all the way over in Revelation... John used these same symbols or nations to describe the end-time world government. um, In John's account, the four separate nations of Daniel 7, they've now federalized into one large global governing body, a a federalization of nations. And the, um, if I was to, so the interpretation would go something like this. John said, as I stood upon the sand of the sea, I saw a beast, not four beasts in Daniel 7, but a combo beast, rise up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns, and upon its horns, symbolic of the European Union, were ten crowns. So if you understand who's going to be involved all the way to the end, the European Union will be there, the European nations. So you, you say, well, hold on a minute. I thought, you know, people are talking about Russia blowing Europe off the face of the map. No, that's not going to happen. Europe's going to be there all the way to the end. And it goes on to say, And upon his head's the name of blasphemy. And the beast, which I saw, was like unto a leopard. Germany. Germany's still going to be there. The feet is the feet of the bear. Russia. Russia's going to be there at the end. His mouth is the mouth of the lion. Great Britain. Great Britain's going to be there. And the dragon, or Satan, gave him his power seat and great authority. That's Revelation 13, 1 through 2. So this is simply a 2,000-year-old prophecy of the world government that is currently being established. Now, If you look at the prophecy, the United States is missing here. The eagle's wings, symbolic of the United States, all the way back in Daniel 7, they're not mentioned in this combo beast of Revelation 13. And that indicates that the United States will not be included in the world government of the end time. You have to understand that the international community, the world government, hates Israel today. They hate Israel Everyone, you know they can have the uh, Israel to come speak at the UN General Assembly and all that, but at the end of the day, the world government hates Israel. Satan is the principal driver behind the world government. He hates Israel, so the international community will always hate Israel and will invade her at the Battle of Armageddon. So a lot of these nations that Israel appears to kind of have a um, alliance with At the end, they're going to invade her to try to take her over and to bow down to the edicts of the world government. That's going to be the Battle of Armageddon. So the prophecy indicates here that world dominance will have shifted from the United States, which is not involved in the world government, to the powers of Europe, which will be the power base of the Antichrist in the end time. Of course, over the years, that's left us with a few questions, right? I mean... um, Since up until recently, we were the leader of this world governing body, how is that power shift going to occur? You can kind of see it happening now. And, you know, of course, hey, one question, would the United States be wiped out in World War III? That's not going to happen. Will we be brought to our knees um, and become a non-factor on the world stage? It's not going to happen. On the other hand, would we perhaps go into isolation We may go into isolation from the world governing body, but we're still going to stand with Israel all the way to the end. And there is a scripture that helps us answer this. Jump back a chapter uh, to Revelation 12. It's the only other place the eagle's wings are mentioned in the prophecies of the Bible, end-time prophecies. Revelation 12, 13 says the dragon is going to persecute a woman with 12 stars around her head. The woman is Israel. The 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. According to Revelation, I know a lot of people teach that the, a woman with 12 stars around her head is the mother Mary. That's simply a misinterpretation of Scripture. The Bible clearly tells us that that's Israel in that chapter. Go up to the top, read the first few verses there. According to Revelation 13, the dragon or Satan will use the Antichrist and his world governing system to do the persecuting during the Great Tribulation, which is what this is talking about here the final three and one-half years prior to the second coming. So John in Revelation 12 here is telling us in um, the next verse, verse 14, that Israel will be protected during the Great Tribulation. Again, that's that final three and one-half years immediately preceding the the second coming. There are no scriptures in the Bible for a seven-year tribulation period. There is a final seven year period that is prophesied, Daniel's 70th week, but only the final three and one half years is the Great tribulation. Revelation 12:14 says, "And to the woman, Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. A clear understanding of Revelation 12 and 13, has allowed us to be absolutely sure of two things. Here it is. The United States will stand with Israel and protect Israel from the world government in the end time, period. It doesn't matter if Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Ron DeSantis, or anybody else is in the White House. The prophecies always come to pass. Number two, the United States will not be part, or I should say fully engaged in, the world government and in the end time and therefore will not come under the full reign of the Antichrist in the end time. I'm very thankful for that. I mean, I cannot tell you how thankful I am to be living in the United States of America. You say, wow, this place is kind of going crazy. It does appear it's going crazy with everything that's going on. I just read where uh, Joe Biden is fixing to um, release like, I don't know, 15 million barrels from of oil from our strategic uh, reserve, and I'm thinking, what is the guy thinking? This is craziness. We have the strongest military on the planet, and we can't protect our southern border? We could do it tomorrow morning if he wasn't a globalist. I mean, the economy's going crazy. Inflation is screaming. I mean, all of this, you understand, could be changed if we had somebody who had ever run a business and knew what they were doing in the White House, but... Uh, I could get way off onto that today, folks. But maybe we'll get into some of that on the other side of the program. But I wanted to give you an end-time scenario today to let you know where all this and how all this is going to play out. And uh, we'll get deeply into this topic on the other side of the break. God bless you all. Thank you all for listening. And look forward to seeing you in Minnesota this weekend. Now, we know where, so we know about the United States. We're going to pull out of the world government, not be fully engaged in that. We're going to stand with Israel to the end. What about Israel? What do the prophecies say are going to happen? Well, there's going to be a peace agreement in the very near future. The Bible prophesies a peace agreement will be between the Israelis and the Palestinians. You say, well, they're going to be involved in World War III and they're going to get blown up. Nope, it's not going to happen. They may be involved in starting World War III, but Israel will be there all the way to the end. I know that from the prophecies of the Bible. So there is going to be a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and these prophecies are always going to come to pass, folks. We don't know exactly when the peace agreement will happen. Probably on the heels of World War III is what it looks like is going to happen. Uh, again, that would be speculating, but for, in a very educated uh, guess, But we do know that when it is signed, it's going to mark the beginning of that final seven-year period to the Battle of Armageddon and the physical return of Jesus to the earth. Again, that's not the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is only the final three and one-half years of that. And we also don't know if um, who, who will be the broker of the deal of that peace agreement or who will end up negotiating the peace agreement. We don't know that at this point. We know it's going to be, the, the Antichrist will be involved. However, in order to recognize the agreement when it happens, we've got to answer some questions, right? I mean, what's the, the agreement going to look like? Well, there's going to be a Palestinian state created. Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, the West Bank or Judea would be under enemy control during the final seven years before Armageddon. Nearly the whole world says the only plausible solution to the Palestinian problem is to create a Palestinian state in the West Bank. Palestinians say there will be no peace without a two-state solution. Many of you heard interim Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid. He just endorsed a two-state solution on the floor at the UN General Assembly just, what, uh, last month. Jewish settlers who live in the area that will become the new Palestinian state, they will be allowed to stay. And if they choose, and they will live as a Jewish minority in the new Palestinian state. And then, of course, the Temple Mount is going to be shared. The, Revelation 11, 1 and 2 explicitly states, the Temple Mount will be under a sharing arrangement during the final seven years. And that's going to place um, part of the Temple Mount under Jewish control, so they can pray on that area, that, on the area that they consider the holiest place on earth. And if you remember, Bill Clinton and many other people have proposed the sharing of the Temple Mount. Bill Clinton did it back at uh, Camp David, those peace talks, in uh, 2000. And then we also know, as a result of that, in the peace agreement, the third temple is going to be rebuilt. Now, I've talked many times about the red heifer. I'm not going to go into that. That's a huge step towards the rebuilding of the third temple if they could get that sacrifice done. But when the peace agreement is reached, the Jews will be allowed to build their third temple on the Temple Mount without disturbing the Al-Aqsa Mosque or the Dome of the Rock. The temple is going to be completed during the first three and one-half years of that seven-year agreement. All the furniture and utensils are already prepared for the resumption of temple worship. The architectural drawings are also completed. All Israel needs to launch the new temple construction is for the political situation to be settled. And if they could get a red heifer up to just over two years, I mean, they would be pressuring the Israeli government to capitulate, sign an two- agreement for a two-state solution, and here we go. Especially on the heels of a world war. Now, it could happen before. But the way things are going, it doesn't look like it'll happen that way. It appears... And I say appears to be that the world war would happen first and then the peace agreement would happen on the, on the heels of that war. Uh, again, that's speculation at this point. What's going to happen to Jerusalem? Well, since both the Israelis and Palestinians will refuse to surrender their claims to Jerusalem, resolving this dispute, it's going to be put on hold. And the status of Jerusalem will remain as it is now, but temporarily. It's going to be an interim agreement. And this is the reason the Bible says that the agreement is going to be a seven-year agreement, not a permanent agreement. So, will it be peace or Armageddon? Well, there's going to be a Middle East peace agreement. Nobel Peace Prizes will be awarded to those recognizable, or I should say, let's say responsible for negotiating the agreement. And when, those, when both Jews and Muslims are seeing... Worship, seen worshiping side-by-side side on the Temple Mount, it's going to be held as this wonderful demonstration of religious tolerance and coexistence. And there's a lot of that going on in the world right now. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a program tomorrow on world religion in the 60th anniversary of Vatican II. We'll see how that goes, because there are major efforts towards a world religious system happening now. So in the end, the world's going to stand in really just wonderment as they witness the building of Israel's first temple in 2,000 years. Imagine if I was to get on the radio and say, hey, they just started the third temple. Everybody's going to be flipping out, right? I would be too, actually, even though I know it's coming. But just to see that thing, I wish my father-in-law could be here to see it as well because he prophesied about it so many years. But many will believe this to be a sign that peace on earth is finally arrived. Seven years goes by pretty quickly. During the agreed upon seven-year interim agreement, the United Nations status as a recognized uh, world government will continue to grow on the heels of that World War III. It's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. And United Nations leaders, they're not going to have forgotten the rebellion of Israel over the status of Jerusalem. It's actually against international law. Remember Resolution 2334. And they're going to come down to enforce these resolutions. It's going to be an unforgivable challenge to the United Nations authority that must someday be rectified. And they're going to come down to enforce resolutions like Resolution 2334. As the end of this seven-year agreement approaches, the Palestinians will begin to clamor for East Jerusalem again to be placed under Palestinian control. Finally, again, there's going to be resolutions passed by the United Nations requiring Israel to surrender East Jerusalem to the Palestinians. Again, by this time, the United Nations is not the paper tiger that they are now. They're going to be dictating to nations what to do. And Israel's going to say no. And the United States is going to say no. And that's when the United Nations is going to have to act. So... The United Nations on behalf of the the nations of the world is going to prepare military action against Israel in order to enforce its authority because they can't have anybody in the world telling them no, right? So the the prophet uh, Zechariah foretold this event 2,500 years ago. He said, um, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city is going to be taken, the house is rifled, half of the city will go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. That's Zechariah 14.2. So, this is Armageddon. Ezekiel describes this future attack on Israel by Gog and Magog, Russia, and the mainly Islamic countries of Persia, Iran, portions of northern Iraq and Afghanistan, Kush, Ethiopia and Sudan, Put Libya and possibly Tunisia, Algeria, and Morocco, Gomer and the house of Togomar, Turkey and Armenia. And also Europe. Europe's going to be the power base of the Antichrist in the end time. They will also be there. You say, well, how do you know that? Revelation 17:12 is a prophecy of the second coming of Jesus Christ, which occurs at the Battle of Armageddon. And it depicts a 10-king alliance that will support the Antichrist as ten horns symbolizing European nations instead of ten toes. So both of the prophecies in Daniel 2 and Revelation 17 symbolize this last ten-nation union that will give its support to the Antichrist who will rule the end-time world government right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to make sure you get that because... Um, the, 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 the ten toes here, Daniel 2.44, they're exact same thing as the ten horns or ten nation union in Revelation 17. Then if you go back to Revelation 17, uh, down to verses 12 and 13, it says, "...and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have not received a kingdom as of yet, but they'll receive power as kings one hour with the beast." Now, these have one mind, and they shall give their power and strength unto the beast." The beast represents the end-time world government and the Antichrist. The ten kings will receive power as kings one hour with the Antichrist. One hour is representing just a short period of time. It's not 60 minutes, okay? And the kings have one mind, just like the world community functions under one belief system. And world decisions are made through a uh, a common uh, one-world governmental mindset. And then Revelation 17, 14 says... These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, And he, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. Now, folks, this is the culmination of the end of the age here. The Bible says that that battle will start in the plain of Megiddo, come down the Jordan Valley, it's going to come right up and culminate in the Kidron Valley, right there between the Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount. The Bible says it's at that time when Israel is almost to be destroyed that the Lord will come back, Zechariah 14, and put, plant His feet on the Mount of Olives. The vials of the wrath of God will be poured out on the armies that have come down against Israel to battle. And the Bible says at the seventh trump, Revelation 11, that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. So a lot of people, because of the scenarios going on, Russia, Ukraine, uh, China, Taiwan, Iran, Israel, the United States, all these different nations. What's going to happen in the end time? Well, I just laid out for you the end time scenario and how these many of these nations will be involved. I did not mention China. Unless China is the 200 million men army that comes down against um, uh, comes is involved in World War III in Revelation 9, unless it's that 200 million army, China's not mentioned in the prophecies of the Bible. And it appears as if China may be, and I, again, I say appears as if, China may be wiped out in this third world war. China and, which, you know, China's only just over a billion people. There's still going to be another... Uh, there's going to be 2.7 ish billion people total destroyed in this future war. So many of the major population centers are overseas. You say, could it touch Russia and Russia and Europe and the United States? Yeah, it certainly could. Absolutely. It could touch uh, some of them, but it will not destroy them because Europe, Russia, many of the Middle Eastern nations, I mean, Iran, Persia, in Ezekiel 38, they're still going to be there to come down against Israel to battle. So, but China's not mentioned. The dragon in Revelation uh, 13 and Revelation 20, that's Satan. So Russia, or I'm, sh- I'm sorry, China, uh, some of the other uh, big, uh, India, they're not mentioned. Possibly a huge faction of the Islamic faction on the planet uh, will be destroyed. I don't know, but I know that the nations that I mentioned, they will be here at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that. The United States, Israel, and many others, that's the end time scenario.
3: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries.